and welcome to the all-new Forever Blue Shirts radio podcast, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Forever Blue Shirts radio podcast. Today is a little special episode. This is going to be my first uh, daily goal horn edition. Um, So as you know, many of you, uh, I launched another publication called the dailygoalhorn.com. And there we cover NHL news and rumors all around the league and uh, building that up. So really glad for the reception. So I wanted to do something special and I couldn't have asked for a better guest to do this with on my first episode for the daily goal horn. Lyle Richardson is joining me. Uh, he is known for his incredible website, SpectresHockey.net. His work has been featured at Bleacher Report, Sporting News, and Featured.io. Uh, Lyle, thank you so much for joining me. This is an honor for me. Well, it's my pleasure. It's it's my honor to uh, to be on the the, uh, the Daily Goldhorn here. So yeah. You know, before we get started, um, you know, we spoke a little briefly uh, about it before we got on the show. Um, Like I said, I've been following your work. I've been following SpectresHockey.net for forever. Um, I love it. I love your work. I love everything about it. Just tell everyone a little bit how you got started. uh, What what, what do you do? How do you start your morning? I mean, you're up at the crack of dawn gathering stuff. And and I honestly, I guess imitation is uh, the best form of flattery because I'm trying to do a little bit of that with the Daily Goal Horn as well. (laughs) Well, uh, thanks. And uh, well, I mean, the whole thing started uh, back uh, around 1998 was when uh, I started Spectres Hockey because at the time. Uh, I was, uh, yeah, I used to, to haunt the, uh, America online, uh, hockey forums and I used to get into quite a lot You've of, got uh, debates and, yeah, <laughs> debates and discussions. Been following were, a long time. Yeah, but they were, they were, they, it was a really thriving community back then. And, and, um, the, 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 uh, the whole uh, idea behind it is I, I, as I was, uh, having a, uh, a, uh, debate with, uh, one person and it was, of course, it was something to do with uh, some silly trade rumor. And actually, I think it was a Rangers trade rumor. Now that I think of it, I think it had something to do with Saku Koibu going to the Rangers. Leafs, Rangers, Habs. <laughs> yeah. Talk about rumor capitals of the world. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, exactly. Um, and anyway, uh, I seem to recall I was winning the argument and the individual got, got so pissed off. They were, they were saying, well, you think, you know, so much, why don't you start your own website? And at the time, my nickname, uh, was, was Spectre, uh, sort of like double Spectre at the time. Cause it was my wife and I used the same account. So we just got creative and dreamed up double Spectre as DBL <laughs> Spectre. So if anybody frequented the uh, AOL hockey message boards back in the late nineties, DBL Spectre was me. <laughs> okay. And they said, oh, I can see it now. Spectre's hockey and ding, ding, the light went on. It was like, well, yeah, cause I'm rather opinionated. And uh, I seem to also kind of have gotten, got a bit of a following there though, that actually kind of appreciated what I was saying because I always cited, you know, referenced everything, you know, sure. uh, well, you know, you say Koi was going here. Well, there's no reports of this here, no reports of this there, blah, 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 blah. And anyway, so I decided, well, why not just go and start up my own website and just see how that goes. And to long story short, it just blossomed into this. It very quickly became kind of like a go-to thing for trade rumors that and free agent rumors that kind of rapidly became the bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And then uh, out of the blue uh, in 2001, uh, a chap by the name of 
Dave Wilson, who was who wrote for the hockey news or not for the hockey news, I'm sorry, for FoxSports.com. He was their their hockey editor. Contacted me, said, "Love your work. Would you like to uh, get started? Would you like to contribute with us?" And one thing led to another, and then it turned into a freelance gig, and then it wound up reaching the point where I was able to retire from my military career because I was in the Canadian Forces at the time. So I was able to retire from a military career in 2006 and pursue this full time. And yeah, I I wrote with Fox Sports for 10 years. I've written on and off of the hockey news. I've written sporting news, and this is my second go around with Bleacher Report. And yeah, it, it turned into something where I was actually able to make, uh, you know, I'm not swimming in cash, but I'm living comfortably. So <laughs> Doing something you love. And honestly, absolutely, that's basically what I've been doing for the last seven years, right? And, and mm-hmm. I'd rather do something I love. And I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, things are going better than I expected this last year. So things have turned around as well. Uh, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to be part of the hockey community in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some days that I, I like to turn my Twitter off. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't have that option. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, and it really neither do I, but that's the way it is. So we're going to dive in. We're going to start talking about a lot of things. And you know, we're going to take a quick break. I uh, mm-hmm. got to let the sponsors pay my bills, right? So I got to do a, a quick break. But when we do come back, the thing that I think I'd like to start with is the uh, TSN Top 25 Trade Bait board that came out by Frank Saravalli. Some interesting names, and I'd love your opinions on it. So word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Support for this episode of the Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Now, guys, listen to me. doesn't matter what age you are. When it's time to groom your twig and berries, you need the right tools. You need the right manscaping tools, if you will. Because let me tell you something. I've used different methods and different things in the past. And let me tell you something. When you catch, when you catch him, woo, your eyes bulge and you feel that pain for days. So anyway, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and approved lawnmower 3.0. It may be funny, but it ain't funny when you catch your family jewels. Third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Trust me, trim it. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BLUESHIRTS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Listen to me, fellas. Listen, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUESHIRTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BLUESHIRTS. You will be happy you did. Okay, folks, here we are, Lyle. 
the uh, TSN trade bait board came out and I was like, Ooh, there's so much to write about here. But one, one name in particular, and I want to focus on it because it's too big a name to pass up. And one I did not expect to see not only on the board in the top five, and that's Patrick Liney of the Winnipeg Jets. I'm sorry. I love Frank Saravalli. I think his work is amazing, but I'm going, there's no way in a cold day in hell that they'll trade Liney. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, like yourself, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Frank Saravalli. He's, uh, he's, I think he's sort of like, well, Darren Dreger is the heir apprentice now to our retiring friend, uh, the dear, uh, the dear godfather himself, uh, Bob McKenzie. But I think Saravalli, I think is kind of, uh, you know, going to be sharing the hats there with, uh, with uh, Dreger and uh, Pierre Lebrun. But yeah, but with all due respect to him, um, that's one I don't see happening. Uh, the Winnipeg media certainly uh, don't think that's going to happen. They uh, the howls of derision that came out of the uh, the Winnipeg Sun, uh, you know. But they made some very very good points too about sure. why it shouldn't happen. Now that being said, I mean if there's one thing I've learned in this business, especially if you're going to cover trade and free agent rumors, never be so dismissive. Okay, I learned my biggest bingo. Bingo. Gretzky if, could be traded. I'm pointing absolutely. to my hat. I'm wearing a Gretzky hat. <laughs> absolutely. And my most recent, the last real smack upside the head that I got was in 2014. It doesn't seem that long ago, but it was in, I believe that was 2014 when Marty San Louis got traded to the Rangers. Was it 2014? Yeah, it was. And at the time, I didn't believe it was going to happen. And I was so derisive, derisive of it. Uh, I remember Boomer Esiason was yep. saying he had heard from sources and I'm sitting here going, yeah, okay, boomer, you know, yeah, you were a great football player. I'm sure you know the NFL. This is the NHL. You don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And I wound up eating a big steaming pile of crow. Ha! <laughs> Didn't go where you thought I was going to go with that. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but no, but I, I, I wound up eating a lot of crow. And Boomer actually was very good about it. I emailed him back and, and apologized to him for being kind of a dick about the whole thing. And he just, he was very, very good about it. So he's you know, gone up in huge estimation in my book. Boomer's a rock star at the Garden. I, I'll, yeah. I'll just say that. And he's, yeah. Well, like, I mean, hey, he's like got a royalty. son-in-law playing the game too. So come yeah. on. Yeah. Right. He's playing play for the Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but right. Uh, but that being said, though, but getting back to the whole thing with lining, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can never say never, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, uh, Kevin Dayoff, who's the Jets GM, if he's if he's considering all his options. I mean, you would as a good general manager, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you may have players you would consider untradeable. Uh, or untouchable, but I think on the Jets right now, the players who are untouchable are Connor Hellebuck, Josh Morrissey, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, and Kyle Connor. Those, I think, are the true untouchables. Don't bother calling. I'm not moving these guys. Don't waste your time. But with line A, I mean, part of the reason why Frank Saravalli put him on the list is because he is going to be a restricted free agent next summer. Mm -hmm. And he is going to be seeking a big raise, far above the 6.75 mil annually he's making. And so from that point of view, I can see where Saravalli's coming from. And again, Saravalli said, now it's not a lock 
that line A is going to get moved. He also had Nikolai Ehlers on the list as well. And he also said, same thing, not a lock, he gets moved. But those two guys would be the key pieces that he felt could bring in the type of help they need and what they specifically need. They need another top pairing defenseman to share the load with Morrissey. Mm -hmm. And they need an established second line center because that's been a problem for them the last couple of years with Brian Little being sidelined most of the season. Uh, And to be fair to Brian Little, but he was also uh, kind of fading as well before he got injured and he might not even be back. So if that's the case, if he goes on LTIR to start next season, well, then that gives him a little bit more cap room to bring in a second-line guy. Mm-hmm. But the, the word out of Winnipeg, from among the Winnipeg pundits, though, they seem to feel that Cheval Dayoff could find better options without having to move line A or Ehlers. So, right. 100%. Let's talk about another name. Uh, we should actually talk about a team, right? Because I think they've got some, in, you know, more than one interesting player. Um, the Arizona Coyotes, there's a lot going on in Arizona right now. A lot. Um, there's money troubles that, uh, they're talking about. I think, uh, Katie Strang, uh, recently reported that they failed to pay some bonuses, but if they took care of that eventually, mm-hmm. um, one name on the list at number four is Oliver Ekman Larson. I have a hard time seeing them trade him. I think he also has a clause in his contract. Well, no move. Right. So it'll be, it's got to be up to him if he wants to move. I wouldn't be surprised. He may want out of Arizona, but hey, to each his own, you don't know what's going on. But there's three names there that I think are of interest. Um, You have Ekman Larson, who I don't think will get moved, but it's possible. I'm going to ask you about him. Taylor Hall, who I think is as good as gone. I think he's done. I think he's out. I think, I, I think uh, there is a possibility and small rumblings, but it sounds like I think he'd be open to go back to Edmonton because I think he never wanted to leave. And I think it could be the Oilers maybe wanted to right or wrong. Uh, they also, you know, may want to have him rejoin with McDavid. I don't know what it's going to happen. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next summer. So do they move him at the draft? Do they move him at the deadline? Who's going to replace? I, I really don't know. Uh, and then lastly, and I think this is a name that might get moved. Derek Stepan, he could get moved out of there, and there are teams that are going to be looking for centers. So maybe the Winnipeg Jets will look for, look at him as a second line option. I don't know, but I'm going to throw that out there. Situation in Arizona. What do you think happens with Larson, Ekman, Larson, Taylor Hall, and Derek Stepan? But before I jump onto that, let me just throw one more name out there too. Darcy Kemper's name has also come out. Oh, the goaltender, yes. Also been floated. And you got to think, like the last two seasons he's had where, quite honestly, uh, he was one of the best goaltenders in the league. So, you know, throw that name out there. Now, that's a guy that I I, I would have a hard time seeing seeing them move him because right now, he unless they're planning on tearing everything down to the studs and starting over again. But if they're trying to resign Taylor Hall, that suggests to me that they don't want to tear it down to the studs. They just want to maybe make some tweaks, some changes. If that's the case, I don't see Kemper going anywhere. But to uh, to the other three names that you mentioned, I mean, Ekman Larson, as you said, full no move. Uh, it's up to him. Apparently, though, he really enjoys living and playing in Arizona. But that being said, too, I mean, <clears throat> you're looking at another seven years there on a team that's just spinning its wheels going nowhere. Do you really want to be spending the rest of your career doing that? Yes, you may love Arizona. You may end the, yeah, that's fine. Hey, I'm, I'm led to understand Arizona is a lovely place. 
But if all you're doing is just losing, 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 maybe once in a blue moon you sneak into the playoffs and then your first round roadkill, what's the point? So never say never with him. I think they would consider like looking at what his value would be. And I think there would be a lot of value. Uh, he also has a hefty contract, 8.25 mil for the next seven years. That's yeah, and under, in, a big one. And under the current uh, economic climate, that might not be as easy to move as it would have been on a normal season. Um, but again, you're right. It comes down to whether or not he wants to waive that clock. He might be willing to waive it for the right team. I'll go that far. Um, with Taylor Hall, I absolutely agree with you. I, I don't think that's a situation there where he wants to stay. Taylor Hall is coming up to 30 years old, and he's only been in the playoffs twice. And he's never gotten past the first round. And I'm sorry, winning a qualifying round this year does not and then nope, the second that does not count as real playoffs as far as we're concerned in in this regard. Um, I think he wants to go and play for a contender. I don't think he want while he can still be a, a, a contributor. Um, as far as Edmonton, I think that ship sailed a while ago. Um, I they I listen, they want to keep they want to keep the nooch in uh in uh, Edmonton, and I'm not the talking Nuge. Ted Nugent. I'm not talking Ted Nugent. <laughs> but that's RNH's net, uh, nickname there is Nuge. So they want to keep him there uh, because he's their best two way forward, to be honest. Um, but just the the sheer cost. I mean, if if you're if you're going to spend more on Ryan Nugent Hopkins, well, that you may be looking at maybe bumping that up to seven mil, eight mil a season. If you're going to go after Taylor Hall, he's going to be looking for big money. He'll be looking for nine mil, 10 mil. I know people will scoff. Oh, he'll never get that in this climate. Again, remember in this business, never say never. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen somebody get signed where you thought he'll never get that much? And you went, holy crap, he got that much. Yeah. You know? In fact, they gave him more. So, uh, but no, Edmonton, I don't think. One name though that I did hear out there, Montreal. Darren Dreger believes that he would be interested in playing mm-hmm. in Montreal. And Montreal's looking for big wingers, I believe. They're looking, yeah, I mean, well, they were looking for centers, but with with Nick Suzuki and Jasperi Kakanyemi, the rise of those two kids, and you got Deno, who could be either, uh, you know, second line or third line if you needed to. Now you're in the market for a winger. And somebody like like Taylor Hall, I think, would be a good fit along Suzuki or, or Kakanyemi, would certainly help bring some leadership to those kids as well. So you can't rule it out, but... Yeah, you know, we'll see. But yeah, I agree with you. I think Hall's gone. Uh, Steppen, I think they would like to move him. He's only got a year left on his contract. I believe the cap hit is six mil. Uh, I don't think Winnipeg, though, is that destination. If you were talking Derek Steppen four years ago, you could say, yeah, there's a second line guy, plug him in and go. Steppen now is a third liner on a, you know, he's a third liner on a done a decent team and he'd be mm-hmm. a fourth liner on a good team so yeah I, I don't think that that's a, a fit there and if they do move him I think they'd have to pick up part of his salary to do it right okay well that takes care of a lot of Arizona Coyotes um, but I think if I'm going to do a hockey show uh, about the NHL that right now the team to talk about and the team with the most questions and the most intrigue are the Toronto Maple Leafs no no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, first off, I think everyone was a little shocked that Kasperi Kapanen was traded 
this at this point in time before the playoffs concluded. And I believe Elliot Friedman on his 31 thoughts podcast said something similar that, you know, certain teams were upset. Like, you know, like I would have liked to have made an offer for Kess. I I can't, I'm still playing. So again, he got, I guess he got what he wanted. Shed salary. The penguins, I think overpaid a little bit for Kessberry captain. Although uh, I mean, first round draft pick, and yeah, I mean it, it's close. First off, I love Kapanen. Mm. I love his game, and if you ask me, he's the type of player the Leafs should be looking to keep. And because I just think they're very one dimensional, and a lot of teams, a lot of people are saying that they're just you know very one dimensional hockey. They're all offense, and they they seem to be not able to win some of those tough you know elimination games. Right? Is Freddie Anderson the problem? I don't know. He's on the trade bait list. I think Dubas already said, I'm not going to trade you to trade you. People are interested. There's a flooded goalie market, right? Well, we'll talk about that later. You know, when we're going to do a little Ranger segment at the end for, for my Ranger listeners. Um, but what are your thoughts on the Leafs? What, what are they going to do? And honestly, I think if they really, really want to change the dynamic of the team, they really, really want to do something different. You're going to have to trade William Nylander. I don't think they'd trade Tavares. I don't think they'd trade Marner. And I don't think that Austin Matthews should never be, his name should never come up in a trade, period. Okay. I could say the same for Tavares to a degree, right? Marner, he's a talent, super talented player. Uh, We're not talking about Morgan Riley, right? He's fantastic. You're not touching him. Nylander's your piece. He could bring in a whole new dynamic with one trade. What are your thoughts? I can't disagree with anything that you said. Um, Excuse me. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Obviously, as everybody knows, and as you said, yeah, they are a one-dimensional team. Uh, defense has been an issue with them for the last four years. Uh, Freddie Anderson has, I, in my opinion, has done a phenomenal job in goal. Uh, the reason why maybe perhaps he's not uh, able to make the uh, the clutch saves in those big games is because he's so tired from carrying the damn team all year long. Now, that's a, that's a bit of a sore spot for me. It's just how Anderson just seems to get – has been getting dumped on lately by Leafs fans, and it's like if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't even be in the bloody playoff. You'd be the, the highest pitcher. team outside the yeah. playoffs. You blame the pitcher. You blame you blame yep. the, the goalie. You blame the quarterback. It's almost – Blame like, your workhorse, yeah. Right. It's always the one position that you – like the goal goes in, well, it's the mm-hmm. goalie's fault. I'm like you really didn't see the four breakdowns before, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – yeah, there's some interest in Freddie Anderson. There was some some talk that uh, Dubas uh, had a lingering interest in Matt Murray of the Penguins going back to their days with Sue Greyhounds in the OHL. But, you know, if you're going to trade Anderson for Murray, I don't think that's an upgrade. I mean, no disrespect to Matt Murray. I mean, yeah, you got two Stanley Cups on, on his resume, but injuries and in, in his consistency have been an issue. And what was somebody raised the point? I saw somebody said on Twitter, um, he was a Penguins fan, said, yes, yes, please, general managers, see Matt Murray for who you think he is and not who he is now, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah, see him for who he was and right, not who right, he is. Right, now. Right, That's right. how it went. I yeah. And yeah, I can't disagree with that. It's like if if you think Matt Murray is going to be an upgrade over Freddie Anderson, you're going to be very disappointed. Um, so no, I don't think they should trade Anderson. But the Kapanen trade was obviously a salary dump. There's no question that Easy. was a salary dump. And that first round pick, um, he can keep it, or he can use it as trade bait. Because let's be honest, you know the Leafs hit the jackpot. With Morgan Riley, they hit the jackpot with Mitch Marner, they hit the jackpot with William Nylander, and with Austin Matthew. 
So those guys are all early to mid 20s still. There's no big pressing need for them to hang on to a first round pick that's going to be what, 15th? Yeah. You know, there's no pressing need to hang on. Not saying you can't get a good player at 15th. They're winning now. Yeah, exactly. That is their whole thing. They've got to get over that hump. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them use that first round pick as trade bait because the big thing they got to go get, they need that top pairing, right side, right shot defenseman. That's mm-hmm. what they've been lacking. How many times? For heaven's sake, Steve Dangle, the biggest, noisiest lease fan in the world. Yes. I mean, you know, last year, that's what he was screaming about. He was actually marching around his room going, they have trouble stopping players on the right side. They have trouble stopping players on the right side. Yes, they do. It's an ongoing. I love Steve, by the way. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yes, Steve Dangle is, yeah, Steve's fantastic. <laughs> they were beaten by a Zamboni driver on wax for the chain. He's out of his mind. <laughs> but no, that has been an ongoing issue for them. And I think that, yeah, the Kapanen trade was clear in the decks. Um, but I also agree with you that if you're going to bring in that player, you have got, you, you've got to give to get. And to get to give has got to be William Nylander. And I know that Kyle Dubas said, supposedly made the promise to him, I'll never trade you. Yeah, you can probably ask, you can ask a lot of players in NHL history how many times they were promised by their GM they'd never be traded and then found themselves in a new city. Absolutely. So. You know, there, it, he is. He's he's the piece that can be moved. He's the one that would attract a lot of attention. I mean, the, the kid had a big breakout season this year. We know what he's capable of. And as a winger, he's not a center. I know that he they said, yeah, he can play center. Yeah, he, he can play it, just not well. <laughs> you know, his strength is on the wing. So, yeah, I think if you move him, if he, hell, if you package him with a first-round pick, you could, you know, maybe trade, make a trade that could bring in that player. On the other hand, um, you know, you hear the talk of, well, they want to try and bring in and make a pitch for Alex, you know, Peter Angelo. Well, you're going to have to shed a lot more money. Don't see it. I think the blues are already clearing cap space to keep them. No, they've, they have only just begun. The Jake yep. Allen trade was the first step. One mm-hmm. more, at least to follow. Wouldn't be surprised if it's Jaden Schwartz. Just really? That's an interesting. That in your, in your hip pocket. Could be Jaden Schwartz. Okay. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's what the Leafs have to do. Um, you know, they could have, you know, hindsight, you could say, well, hindsight 2020, uh, if they hadn't signed John Tavares, they could have, you know, gone after the shiny thing they didn't need. They would have had enough cap space maybe to bring in uh, that depth on defense. I said as much two years ago, so it's not hindsight on my part. But, yeah, th- this is a need that cannot be ignored anymore. Um, and with Freddie Anderson's only got one year left on his contract, I, I don't think you move him unless you're going to bring in a, a goalie of equal or greater value who's got more term on his deal. Again, I don't think Matt Murray's that guy, but it is a flooded goalie market, like you oh said. So, you know, I, I would not dismiss the notion of Anderson getting moved, you know, but we'll trying, trying to understand this goalie market. The, the, how flooded it is it's like it's like that scene in a beautiful mind where russell crowe is literally writing equations <laughs> all over the and like you just see nothing but numbers in him as like in behind i'm like going i couldn't for the life of me i know there are teams that are going to want goaltenders but it's like okay how would it go i mean jake allen went off the board and i that that's not a name i thought and it happened via a trade you know there's plenty we'll talk about that in a little bit another team i just want to touch on because i believe you know, they're going through a change themselves. 
Uh, and, you know, Jim Rutherford is the GM that just keeps on giving. I mean, he went on on the an athletic podcast, I believe, with Pierre Lebrun and basically called out players. This is like guys who just don't have the desire to win anymore. You know, they say they do, but when it comes down to it, are they? And he did, and he, and he made it a point to mm-hmm. remove Sidney Crosby's name out of it. So had he not, you could have speculated on end. But he he said, no, this guy, I'm not talking about him. So you must be talking about Evgeny Malkin. You must be talking about Chris Letang. Who are you talking about, sir? And he's going to make some changes. I, you know, started already with Kapanen coming in. So you're looking at the type of player he wants. Two-way, gritty, can play both sides of the puck, a little bit of an agitator, can skate, can score, um, can kill penalties. What is he going to do? I mean, Malkin makes a ton of money. Uh, <laughs> is he going to trade Malkin? I think Latang is gone. I just, Matt Murray, I, I don't know. I feel like Latang is gone. I think he knows he can get something for him and maybe change the roster a bit and bring in some young players. I mean, who are you trading over there and, and changing your roster? That's my point. Who are your pieces that are going to come in and instantaneously make you a better team? Are you really going to go out on the free agent market and get that? Your thoughts on the Penguins? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously Crosby's not going anywhere. Um, but, you know, Rutherford has already said that he wasn't going to move, that he, he had no plan on moving, you know, his core veterans like Crosby like Malkin, like Latang, he said those guys by name soon after the Penguins were eliminated. This was before he did the podcast. This okay. was something that was reported. Um, if you did move, and I think, look, if, if you bring in Kapanen, uh, yeah, you could say, well, maybe be on Crosby's wing. Well, we all know that trying to be a fit on Crosby's wing is is not a, is a very difficult science. You know, for every Chris Kunitz you can bring in there and plug in. Or, you know, a Jake Gunsel, you have uh, other guys who just, you know, you bring in and it doesn't work. But Malkin's your second line guy. And Crosby, uh, there was talk like last year, last summer, that, oh, well, maybe Rutherford might look into seeing what the market was for Malkin. And Crosby was apparently, so the story goes, was quite adamant saying, no, he stays. So he wants Gino there. And I don't blame him because those two have worked. They've got a terrific dynamic going there. Gino's a second line guy. Crosby gets hurt. Gino can step up and lead as well. I don't think that you can say, I don't think you can question Malkin's heart. I don't think you can. The reason why he had a bad qualifying round, as we subsequently discovered, he had an elbow injury. He needed surgery that sidelined him now for, I believe, what, five to six weeks. So that's not nothing, you know. Um, Letang... (laughs) That one, that one's tough. That one's tough if you were thinking of moving him. 33, got a lot of mileage on him. Um, and 7.25 mil a season. I believe that goes for a couple of more years. But even so, that's a lot of coin for a player this age. Again, if this was a normal year, I wouldn't rule it out under the current cap environment. Not sure. Won't say it won't happen, but I'm skeptical that Latan could go. But to your point, well, who could move? Well, um, I think they would probably look at maybe trying to move out a guy like Patrick Hornquist. We know that Matt Murray's going. We know Matt Murray's going. Matt Murray's gone. Yes. You know, he will get traded. They want to keep Tristan Jerry and they'll bring up Casey DeSmith. So that's that's mm-hmm. going to happen. I think they want to move Hornquist. Um, we know Connor, they're not going to waste any money on Connor Sherry, so he's going to go to free agency. He's, he's going to be gone. Um, 
you know, Justin Schultz obviously going to be back. He's one of the guys who was called up. What I found interesting is that they're, they're standing by Jack Johnson. Like, that's the hill they're going to die on is the Jack Johnson <laughs> hill. Again, quoting Steve Dangle, he said, my God, the bodies are piling up on Jack Johnson hill. <laughs> you know? Poor guy. But I don't think they could move him if, even if they wanted to. Um, you know, you don't want to move a guy. They're obviously going to move a, move a guy like Gunsel, And uh, they've got some some younger guys in there who are, you know, ready to transition in as well. So I don't think the Penguins are in as bad a shape, you know, as, as they appear. They always seem to be able to find young guys within their system or young guys that they acquire. Bringing in Kapanen will help for that speed up front. So, yeah, I think there's going to be some moves. But, you know, Matt Murray being, I think, might wind up being the biggest one. But we'll see. Rutherford, if 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 he's proven nothing, he can wheel and deal with yes, the best. Yes, he can. All right, we're going to take another quick break, folks. Uh, and when we come back, it's time to talk New York Rangers, which I know so many of you want to talk about. Uh, we're going to kick it off talking about the possibility of maybe Max Domi being a Ranger. We'll see. All right, Lyle, we're back. So it's time for some New York Rangers talk. All right. Uh, a lot of my listeners, obviously, very New York Rangers centric. That's that's my bread and butter. I've uh, been covering the team now for six years. So one of the one of the, they are looking for a second line center. Right. So we're talking about this ad nauseum. I think it's been one of those hounding things all year. Um, I think Ryan Strom has done an admirable job in that spot. I think he's you know, I spoke I spoke with his agent just last week. Uh, they're just starting negotiations. They're preparing for it. Uh, my takeaway is that <clears throat> obviously they're interested in retaining him. Even if he's a third line center next year, if they're able to make a trade, uh, well, that's depth the Rangers haven't had down the middle in how long. And that's been a bugaboo for a while. <clears throat> so with that said, one of the, one of the names uh, that is rumored to be out there. And we talked about the Canadians briefly, and we talked about all of a sudden this magical depth at center that they have. Mm-hmm. And Max Domi is a center and a winger. Right, I think he plays both positions, but he was he was on the fourth line by the end of the year. Uh, there's a lot going on in Montreal, and that's not a city where you can keep secrets. Uh, <laughs> uh, so no, it's not. It's a great city, by the way. I've been yes, there several it times. It is a great. Anybody, just very quickly, you, anyone who wants to go to watch hockey games in different cities, Montreal is the city. I'm sorry if you can go to a hockey game on a Saturday night in Montreal. Mm-hmm. That is a great place to be. After and the that, pubs are only walking distance away. Yeah, so the pubs are only walking distance away. <laughs> the enthusiasm, the fans, I'm telling you, there's no – I went to a game that they lost to the Rangers. A <laughs> one nothing shutout, Cam Talbot. one nothing shutout. I'm walking out of the, re, out of the arena, and they're partying inside – the concrete, like they're just singing. Macho, they lost. They're yeah. still partying. I'm like, oh, this is the greatest hockey town I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. It's unbelievable. But all right, Max Domi, he fired his agent, mm-hmm. right? Hired a new one. And the agent happens to be Pat Bryson, who that he fired, yeah. and that is a friend apparently of Mark Bergevin. Same situation, a little bit happened with Pacioretty, where he fired Bryson after he almost got traded to LA. Max Domi, mm-hmm. young, talented, 70 points the year before, struggled this past season, 25 years old, restricted free agent, arbitration rights. I'm sure that they're looking to at least see what they can get for him, right? Be silly not to listen. I hear Pittsburgh's interested. I hear the Blue Jackets have been interested. 
And I heard the Rangers might be interested simply because if there's a name out there, the Rangers will be interested. Connection Ty Domi has with the, with the, with the organization, the need for a center. He fits that age frame the Rangers are looking for. What are your thoughts? What do you think? Any possibility? Does he even get moved? Uh, I would put it – right now I put it at 50-50 that he mm-hmm. get moved. Um, you know, yeah, the, the, the fact that, uh, he wound up starting the playoffs in the fourth line now to be fair. I mean, I think part of that may have had to do with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, with conditioning, uh, because he was a week late getting into, uh, you know, the phase three training because of course he is a, uh, t- you know, a, a diabetic. He was also, a, you know, suffers from, uh, he's also celiac as well. So there were, you know, COVID concerns to begin with. And I don't think anybody was faulting him on that. I don't think he was being punished for that. But the fact of the matter, though, is that as the playoffs went on, oh, eventually he did move up, back up, uh, you know, through the uh, the death chart there. But Suzuki and Kakanyemi just had fantastic playoffs. And that gave Habs fans, of which, by the way, I am one, uh, it gave Habs, there you go, full disclosure. Go Habs, uh, go. Yeah, uh, but uh, that gave Hams fans like myself a very tantalizing glimpse of what the future could be and that the future may finally be now, be arriving for, for this. So uh, that could make Domi more expendable than he would have been, say, a year ago when you know Nick Suzuki wasn't on the team yet and Kakinyemi had a promising rookie year but was nowhere close to being anywhere near a top, you know, a, a, a second line center or anything like that. So I think that uh, given the situation right now with his, uh, his, his contract and the arbitration rights, I, I, I think that, yeah, um, Bergevin is probably listening. Um, I don't know if he's actively shopping because I don't know if they've really begun contract discussions yet because they still have a lot of time yet. They don't have to rush right in and do it. It's the same thing with the, uh, with Strom with the Rangers. There's no rush right now. Um, you know, I mean, the arbitration period won't kick in until sometime after the playoffs. We don't know when exactly that's going to be because this, you know, right now the calendar is so fluid. I thought free agency was starting on the 1st of November. A lot of people did, but it, it looks like maybe it might start in late October. Depends on how fast the Stanley Cup playoffs are finished. So right. we'll see. But to your point, yeah, if, if, if Domi's available, yeah, maybe uh, Bergevin calls up, uh, you know, Jeff Gorton to find out who's interested, or maybe Gorton calls Berge and finds out, you know, says, hey, listen, you know, what do you want for him? Um, but right now, I, I would just put it at, at, at 50-50. I know the Montreal media for the whole season have had him on the trade block and gone, but some folks in the Montreal media are, are rather excitable. <laughs> you know, so. Same thing with Toronto. I mean, those yeah. two, those two, yeah, it, it's really, they wake up in Montreal and it's, it's just, it's Habs, Habs, religion, Habs, Habs, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe some politics, <laughs> but it's really, it's all Habs <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So, um, all right. So what, just, just a one, I don't know if it's a rumor I've read somewhere or a connection, the Blue Jackets possibly just swapping Josh Anderson for, for Max Domi. And that, that's a huge winger right there. Oh yeah. And that, that could be something that, that would fit. Now, again, we don't know if that's being discussed, but I mean, that's been more pitched, you know, pitched down the, yeah. thrown out there, but mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think that would be something that uh, I think maybe Bergevin might, or might be interested in because, you know, big physical winger, power forward potential. Yeah. I had the shoulder uh, injury this year that pretty much hampered what little, when he did play, he wasn't himself. And then he missed most of the season mm-hmm. really doesn't seem like there's much love left there right now uh, between Anderson 
Freemasons camp and, and the Blue Jackets. There seemed to be kind of a, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe a bit of friction there because his name did come up before the uh, the trade deadline. There was mm-hmm. some real talk. Some teams were like going, you know, look, is, is this guy going to be able to play this year? Because if he is, we'd be interested in, in acquiring him. So maybe that's out there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they definitely need to get themselves a little more depth at center. Pierre-Luc Dubois, he can't carry the load on his own. I think they would probably like maybe if they could actually get themselves a real true first line center, maybe put uh, Dubois on the second line. I think they might prefer that, but that's going to cost them a lot. But if they had to go stick with Dubois on their first line and maybe bring in somebody like Domi on the second line, if he could fit in there and and re- regain like and, and chip in 60, 70 points a year, I think they'd be very happy with that. All right. Rangers also have an unrestricted free agent who is a popular player on the team, but really is a is a third line guy for the most part. Role player, Jesper Faust. Um, spoke with somebody, basically said that the window has passed. Uh, I know that they're they haven't had any substantial negotiations at this point in time. Uh, and I believe you've written about Faust and I you wrote, I believe, the Nashville Predators, who I think are were a perfect fit for him. What do you think about uh, Foss, you think he is going to free agency, uh, and I think he'll definitely have quite a few teams looking to f- for that are contenders looking for affordable character players who could play third line, penalty kill, and sometimes pitch in on a first or second line and be effective. Thoughts? Oh, yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think you know if if Foss was going to be if Foss was going to still be there. Uh, they would have worked something up by now, long before now, if they wanted to keep him. And, and it's not that they don't don't want to keep him or don't appreciate him, but there's other, they've got, you know, there's there's bigger fish to fry here right now. So for the Rangers, so, you, you know, you've got to be able to have available cap space to do this. Again, if, if the cap had gone, this is one of these cases, honestly, I think if the cap had gone up like it was supposed to before COVID-19 derailed everything, I don't think we're having this discussion. I think right. Foss gets resigned because it's not he's not going to break the bank here. I mean, I've heard, well, oh, he could look for 3-5 per season. Yeah, he could. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's what he's going to get. I mean, remember, even in a good market, in a good year, guys that you would think would be able to get what they were looking for, even if they were like, you know, checking line guys, sometimes didn't. It's all a matter of how quickly teams burn through that cap space in the right. first week. So guys like Foss, they're not typically guys that you run out and sign on the first day or the first week. They're usually left over, and then it's just sort of like, okay, yeah. But yeah, I I I, I just think that you know the the Rangers need that cap space. They need that money that they would have otherwise invested in Foss. So they'll let him go. And you're right. I mean, he won't have. I don't think he'll have any problem finding uh you know some some suitors among contenders because I I do think he he does want to you know continue. He wants to play for a contender. Yes. Um. So yeah, I don't think he'll have any problem there. Nashville could be a good fit. Nashville's got a bit of cap uh, issues to deal with there too. I think Foss would be an affordable pickup there. Because, uh, yeah, they they weren't very pleased with what they got out of uh, Michael Granlin, who's also becoming an unrestricted free agent. Uh, so I think, yeah, somebody like Foss could come in there and uh, would, be, would be a good fit, an affordable fit. So I wouldn't rule him out going there. But you're right. I, I think there's a, there's he, he won't have any problem uh, landing with a contender in the offseason. Let's talk very quickly about uh, three RFAs. They have four uh, that are of consequence. Three RFAs. Strom, D'Angelo, and Brendan Lemieux. What do you think happens with the three of them? Well, Lemieux's staying. That's an affordable resigning. He's staying. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I think they want to keep Strom. It's going to depend, of course. He's got the arbitration rights. It's going to depend on what the asking price is, but I do think they want to keep him. Uh, let's face it, the guy resurrected his career with the Rangers. I think he wants to stay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, D'Angelo is an interesting case. Very interesting case. Um, high production puck moving defenseman. Um, he had a terrific season this year. Uh, didn't seem, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't seem to acquit himself very well though in that qualifier against. Well, he was injured. Turned out he had like a hand. Was injured. Okay, yeah, that. Yeah, that's I knew gonna that there impact- was, I knew there was something there. That's yeah. going to impact his, a puck moving defenseman having trouble moving his yeah, leg, having trouble moving. Having yeah, pain. big time. But uh, I know uh, Larry Brooks uh, tends to bring bring D'Angelo's name up uh, a couple of times, and mm-hmm. not without cause. Not without cause. I mean, you know, Larry has had his 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 moments where he has flights of fancy, but I don't think the D'Angelo stuff that he suggests that D'Angelo could be could be a trade chip to address other means. I don't think you can rule that out. Uh, but by the same token, I, you know, you, you listen. You can resign. You can resign the guy, and you know, if if it doesn't work out or if you feel that you have other needs, you can, you can move him down the road. If he's still, uh, you know, loading, you know, lighting up with 50 points this season. I mean, heck, yeah, it'd be easy to move him. Tons of um, because yeah, there just seems to be that feeling that with Adam Fox really coming into his own as well, uh, that maybe you could move D'Angelo and maybe bring in a defenseman who goes on the other side, that sort of thing to fill that need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would say of the three, you could say D'Angelo probably the more likely to move, but I wouldn't say he's absolutely going to. You know, again, it's going to come down to it, it, it's how it's how Gordon's going to be able to juggle the money. You know, I mean, Lemieux is going to be an easy resigning. Let's be honest. He's a third line guy, grit guy. You mm-hmm. like having those guys there, but he's not going to break the bank to sign. Strom, yeah, it's going to depend on what he's looking for and whether he would prefer security over big raise. Right. right? Uh, so that would leave D'Angelo and yeah, what he's looking for. And, and that's going to be the other thing too. Does his agent come to him and go, look, you know, this kid, you know, he lit it up for you guys this year. He's worth way more. Okay. How much way are we talking? Oh, 6 million a season. Bye. His agent is Pat Bryson, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Who I, who who I, who I was, well, I I met Pat Bryson uh, years ago. Really nice guy. Really nice guy. Um, but yeah, of course he's obviously going to try and do, do well by his players. So, uh, yeah, if he, if, if, if the ask is outrageous, well then yeah, he's absolutely going, but if, yeah, if he can keep it in the realm of reasonable, then yeah, he, he would stay. All right. So we're going to, this is the, our little launch to wrap up. Uh, the other RFA is Alexander Georgiev, who I think the Rangers, obviously they, they, they wanted to trade him. That was supposed to happen already. I mean, it's possible maybe at the draft, uh, John Davidson already told Henrik Lundqvist, we're not going with three goalies next season. Obviously, we kind of knew that was going to happen. This had it, this had to shape itself out some way, right? So you have Georgiev and Shesterkin, who I think are going to be a 1A, 1B type scenario. I think the NHL is moving away from having their starting goaltenders play 70 games. I think teams are not seeing that as a benefit anymore, um, and they're looking to have goaltenders their number ones play 45 to 50 and their backups playing at least 30 or more. So I could totally see the Rangers wanting to keep those two, which means in a flooded goalie market, what happens to a guy like Henrik Lundqvist? I'm not saying that there's no, nobody out there going, you know what? We want to make a run and that's the guy to do it. And one team I think that 
has been rumored to have interest in him are the Colorado Avalanche, and they've just got eliminated again. I'm not blaming Hutchison for them, but did they use how many goalies in this playoffs? I mean, they can't. I mean, I'm not sure Lundqvist is the answer in front of a bad defense at, at his age. Um, but what are your thoughts? I mean, I think Georgiev stays. You could say, you know, they trade him. But what happens with Lundqvist? I'm really leaning towards a buyout, the possibility of a trade. I don't know about this market. And last, obviously, option is his decision to retire. What do you think happens there? It's a big thing. It's a legend we're talking about. And I think Ranger fans want to know what happens to the King. Well, I mean, again, right now, I mean, fortunately, there again, there's there's no rush on this, so they can all take their time. We do know that he's going to be meeting with uh, with the front office staff uh, again, a very near future. Well, I mean, heck, he just he just returned to New York in time for his kids to go to school. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we know. Okay, he's back. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're going to trade him, and I mean, I did a piece a piece there recently for Bleacher Report on six potential landing spots for Lundqvist. Now I, I also indicated with a I also put a big caveat in the intro in that that you know look <clears throat> you know we're talking a guy who is very much on the decline now um, you know he's carrying a still a whopping big cap hit he's got a full no movement clause it's entirely up to him if he wanted to move you have to figure he's got to go to a contender where could he go you know and I I listed Boston as one in case Tuka Rass decided to you know to take a walk. Um, I listed Edmonton as well because they've got some issues there. Calgary could have be having some issues as well. You know, if Cam Talbot doesn't come back, I mean, David Riddich hasn't established himself. So there are some places you could send him, but let's be honest. He's not a starter anymore. He's just not, you know, it, it, it's, it, it hurts to say that I know, but he just isn't. He's 38 years old. He's past his prime, but you could have him in there as a backup. He could be capable of playing 30, 35 games for you. You know, you could rely on him if you needed him in, you know, in the playoffs uh, because he's got all that experience. If you could, if, if the Rangers are willing to pick up a big chunk of that cap hit. And all 50% of it, right? 4.25. Yeah, and that's what I mean by the big hit. If they're willing to take that on, that's cheaper for one year than the 5.5 mil if you bought him out because buying him out, yeah, okay, you remove some, but you still got 5.5 mil of dead cap space sitting there with a buyout. It'd, it'd be better if you could move him. You're never going to move the – yeah. So you're going to try and see if you can find a team that would be willing to do it. You might even even have to package him with a sweetener on top of picking up the cap space. I'm sorry, you may have to. Tons of draft uh, capital. Tons. Yeah. To do that but here's something else though as well that could be a bit of a swerve because what we have to also remember you got the expansion draft is next year you keep now Shesterkin I believe would be he he's, would, he's protected yeah he would be ineligible anyway correct right? so you have yeah to expose was, one exactly so they could protect one maybe they could protect you know yeah sure you could protect Georgiev um but then again, yeah. uh, who knows? Maybe they, maybe they have something else in mind. They trade Georgiev. They keep uh, they keep Henrik for another year, and then they get somebody else to be Shesterkin's backup. Because but listen, Shesterkin's your guy now. He's your starter. Georgiev is not going to be your starter. He's your backup. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of you don't have to be married to your backup here in no, that case. Not. Just somebody who's going to be able to build. You know, give you yeah, give you thirty thirty five good games a year. Yeah. So 
Maybe they could pull a swerve and do that. But I'm with you, though. I think they're, they're, they're going to have to either it's buyout, trade him, or try and convince him to retire. And honestly, I don't know if it's if they have to convince him to retire. I think he's just going to – I think the way I would see it play out is that the first buyout window opens up, uh, I think, after the Stanley Cup final or win the Stanley Cup final, something around that. Right. So he could be bought out then. I'm sure that they'll try and obviously try, trade him around that time, maybe see if there's any feelers because there'll only be two teams left. So he'll have a good idea. He's like, this is where well, we could possibly send you. Are you open to it? Yeah. And he's had, he would have, probably have need to know, well, what do they want me to do? Am I starting or am I backing up? I don't think he wants to be a backup. That's the key. And mm-hmm. if there's one person's career that he may look to, that he watched very closely, Brodeur, there's a bit of a parallel there. Did Brodor hang on too long to the mm. point where he, you know, he was reg- regulated to a backup himself and not playing much and finally retired? Or does he just say, I'm, I'm not going to go through this rigmarole and be embarrassed now in <laughs> another city and sitting on the bench, you know, for, you know, most of the season. And when the playoffs roll around, I may not even be the starter. Uh, I don't know. He might retire, which would give the Rangers a, an eight, the full 8.5 million because it yeah. was signed before the last uh, CBA that was put into place, I think, or it doesn't impact him because he's not an over 35 contract. I could, Honestly, the CBA is like the beautiful mind. I feel like every time I look <laughs> at it, it's the numbers on the screen. In Lundquist's case, there would not be a, 35, a plus 35 on that. If he retires, right. that full 8.5 comes off the books. So. Right, which is, uh, which is I've been saying – the Rangers really kind of need to solve this situation before they can move forward everything else because 8.5 million added to your cap is a game changer. Yeah. Total. All right. Uh, This has been one of my favorite shows. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Before I go, anything you want to plug, anything else you want to, you want to tell people to come to follow you on Twitter, go right ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, well, you, you know, you can find my work, obviously, my website, spectrosaki.net. Uh, as we mentioned at the top, you know, at the top of the show uh, as well, uh, you know, I'm uh, kind of on the, kind of on a layoff right Right now, a temporary. I'm hoping temporary with sporting news, but yeah, definitely. You know, my work's been there. Um, I'm back with Bleacher Report now, and of course, Featured.io, Featured F E A T U R D, no E in there, <laughs> Featured.io. And, uh, yeah, I'm also on Twitter, Spectres Hockey, uh, also on Facebook, Spectres Hockey, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. So yeah, you, you can find me. I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> Lyle, thank you so much for joining us and everyone. I really, I got an education. I hope you got an education. Uh, so once again, thanks for following, uh, foreverblueshirts.com for all the Rangers work. TheDailyGoalhorn.com for your NHL news and rumors and more to come as I continue to build that site up. Thank you all for joining us today and enjoy this Labor Day weekend.